not 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 in a bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'd be the way. That'd be the bad way. Let's see. I'm going to open this beer right over my laptop. That then we'll definitely hear you uh, complaining. There we go. Okay, it's open. Getting my uh, Bodum glass and pouring just a very slight pour. <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be I trouble. Will be on the floor. Yeah, this is uh, this is a Sunday show, which is not something mm-hmm. we usually do because it's a work day the next day. And now that we're drinking a double IPA, oh, wisely, very wisely, obviously, um, mm-hmm. you know. Well, when you're usually drinking triple IPAs, this is a light beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, well, how's it going? It sounds like you're having Good. a yeah. splendid day. Uh, I, I, in theory, like to do landscaping. <laughs> it's <laughs> always in theory. In, uh, yeah, I just finished like a five-hour session of, of digging oh a flower bed. So, How'd it go? And I'm also 200 years old. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, well, hopefully this beer, I think you sent me, right? Did I, did I buy it myself? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't even know if we're drinking the same beer at this, is this point. Race- I, I, I might actually be drinking like shoe water. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm drinking. I poured something into this glass. It's yellow. Yellowish. <laughs> yellowish. Mine has a lot of, it's a very... It's a, it's, I think it's it was going to be Racer X. Yeah, Racer uh, X double I, IPA beer by Bear Republic. That's what I opened. Well, so I think I drank my Racer oh X my a long time ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, I got Racer 5. So I'm <laughs> yeah. catching up to you. <laughs> What's a Racer 5? I never even heard of it. It's half half of a Racer X. Oh, thanks. For the, uh, why would well, it be Racer V then? Just, I, well... I mean, you see what I'm saying? I don't know. See what I'm going for? Yeah, I, I get it. Which this is 7.5 percent alcohol. Still. So mine is. Um, is it the same? This is. They just call it an IPA. Yeah, this is a Healdsburg, California, which I have actually visited quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the. Let me see. Oh, 8.3 percent. Oh, mama. Okay. All right. So uh, let's. Uh, it's been nice knowing you. I, I believe I believe Racer X is supposed to be the double of Racer Five. I don't yeah. know, but Racer Five is very good, and I can easily get it. And uh, I've never enjoy that Racer X. Yeah, that I sent well, you. thanks, man. Um, did you enjoy yours? You probably don't even remember. I don't recall. <laughs> How did it we? It must have been I, good. Anyways, oh, this is tasty beer. Wow, it's better than I was expecting. I've been drinking all mm. these hop bombs that just explode in your face with hops. This is not a hop bomb. Oh, this is definitely well. This is West Coast style, yeah. like super bitter, very bitter. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's varnish. I, I love it. Wow, it's really yeah, tasty. I don't, I don't have as many of uh, these West Coast IPAs now. I usually get the big juicy fruity yep. IPAs. I, I definitely prefer that style, but this is a nice throwback. Yeah, I've been to, drinking a lot uh, to, of the, the Northeastern style. So have you, I think, right? Yeah. It's just I think that's the new thing, but I also really prefer the flavor profile. Um, you know what? Whenever I drink one of these super bitter West Coast IPAs, which, you know what it reminds me of? When I first started drinking craft beer and I thought, holy crap, Sam Adams is bitter. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then it, I actually remember the first time I had Hop Stupid and I couldn't finish it. Because it was just too bitter. Um, it, it is pretty bitter. It's ridiculously bitter. But but now mm-hmm. I drink it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's bitter. But I don't think that's it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. 
<laughs> like I lost my taste bud. I lost my sense of taste for like three days after I had that beer. <laughs> um, so this is uh, – thanks for sending this to me. It's good to have a bomber sure. of this stuff. Enjoy. Cloverdale, California. It's a, it's a good place. Um, I have no idea what we're talking about today. I think it's a continuation oh, of what we talked about a, yesterday. Yeah, I thought time. you wanted to continue yeah. the – Futurism discussion. <laughs> this is our, our journey into the future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's, t- let's talk about what the future is going to be like, Jeff, when we're dead and yeah, gone. Let's, so actually, since our last discussion, um, we talked about iPads and the future of what it means to carry around a computer. Um, and so I actually um, found out that I'm getting a 12-plus-inch iPad Pro. Uh, from work because uh, we needed to do our testing. And so I said, I volunteer for testing if I can use one of these things because you, you and I talked about it uh, at length. Of, but you got the, you got the big, yeah, big, the dog, big honker. Right? Yep. The, yeah. So it, it's nice. And I think you'll, there's stuff you'll like, but I know right away you're going to complain about how big it is because it is huge and it is less, much less comfortable uh, for day to day stuff. Of things. Yeah, I actually. Yeah. Um, so before I took the plunge on telling them which one to order, I went to the Apple Store. I went to three or four Apple stores actually, and tried a bunch of them. Um, and I actually came out thinking, well, if I want to try and use this as a near computer or a you know something that I that I would something that I would try and replace a lot of the apps that I'm using just to see what it's like. Cause I don't think it's going to work, but I'm going to try sure. it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that always gets to me is the screen real estate. And so I figured if I, if I hobble it right off the bat by picking the smaller screen real estate, then I know that it's going to bother me. Um, be- well, definitely. It, it would always be one of those things. Like whenever you, you got into an uncomfortable corner, you'd be like, Oh man, if I bet if I had the 12.9, it would have yeah, been fine. Or, or like I want to split the screen to move stuff and I have something open on the left border or something like that. And the, the remaining, you know, screen real estate's like, you know, four inches wide or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, it may be more inconvenient to carry around, but it might be overall more convenient to use for the ways in which I use a computer, quote unquote, you know, and, uh-huh. you know, well, we'll see what happens. You know, you know what it's really quite good at? We got a 12.9 for the family uh, when the first 12.9 came out. Didn't you, My didn't kid, you drop one? One of the big ones? <laughs> Because uh, I remember yes. you telling me the story of the, like a shriek from the yes. other room as it was opening or something like uh-huh. that. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. It, and it wasn't me. <laughs> it, this this person will go unnamed. She shall remain but nameless. Still, still, still quite loved. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, it, it's all fine. Okay, it's good. all good. But uh, my daughter was sitting there uh, Saturday morning. You know, she's like me. She likes to watch cartoons in the morning and. Like, that's the awesome part about being... I was just explaining to her, like, enjoy your summer, child. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't get them when you're an adult. Oh, you really don't. sleep in, watch cartoons, screw around. Of course, I I also made her do a book report, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, she was watching cartoons on this iPad at the counter while she's eating her breakfast. And I said, you know, you can can just put that on the TV. That's fine. I like cartoons. Sure. Uh, What was she watching like scum bottom camp or something like what? that it's like some cartoon Never heard it's, it, it, it's kind of lame but uh she likes it she's eight 
So she, she really <laughs> likes it. And she says, uh, I prefer to watch it on the iPad. And I was like, really? Why? She's like, it's like my own personal TV. And the screen is gorgeous and it's huge. And she watches Hulu and mm-hmm. Netflix and all this stuff on it. And then she'll pop into a game and do a game thing. She doesn't know anything about multitasking. I don't even want to bring that up. <laughs> She's just focused on the one thing at a time. She really en- enjoys it. it I can it, it see fits, that for fits sure. Perfectly. Yeah, I can see. I think my kids, um, they. It's also bigger than her torso. <laughs> Yeah, I can see that too. Um, my kids used to use a, I had an old iPad mini, one of the original ones. It was really tiny and I had stopped using it cause it was just too small for basically anything I wanted to do. Um, and so they used it for, for watching in the same way your daughter watched. It's just, it's their, it was their own little personal TV that they would use. Um, and then since then they both got you know, little laptops. Um, they got both PC laptops, much to my chagrin, just cause they wanted to play games on them. <laughs> and, um, so they, that's transitioned t- for them. And I talked to them actually, they're usually pretty, uh, interesting to, to broach these subjects, uh, about, you know, like, what do you think of is the future of, you know, computer operating systems? And what do you think is the future? You know, I just kind of, Pull, pull their ear on this stuff and see what they think. And my oldest son is, uh, he doesn't have a beard on his neck, but I don't think that's for lack of trying. Um, he loves Unix. He wants to install Linux. He runs it on his main computer. Um, he can't understand. I think he was kind of where I was years ago. Like I can't understand why someone would not want to spend the time to completely customize their operating system. And why would you want to, you know, hobble yourself, blah, 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 you know, that whole <laughs> neck beard argument. Yeah. And, um, right. my, uh, my youngest is like, eh, whatever, whatever runs, whatever I want to look at. Has, has he seen Stalmanita Tony? <laughs> I, I, I sent Just, it to them. I sent okay. it to them both because I felt it was necessary. I'm sorry. I, I don't think we can have a Unix conversation without that. You can't without <laughs> – I don't even know that it was a toenail. It was something. He picked something off his foot and ate it, and that's really all that matters. And um, <laughs> so and, – and I don't know. When I talk about the future, and this is uh, my oldest son used an iPad for school. They, his high school actually provided, oh, this is interesting, actually. His high school provided iPads for the students, and they all used it to do their homework, to do their studying. They did um, assignments on it. They did all sorts of stuff on it. Um, and it was, you know, their responsibility to keep it safe and blah, blah, blah. Did he like it? Um, I don't think he liked it as much as he would have if they didn't completely lock it down. Like he couldn't install things on it. He couldn't put on things that he thought would be useful, but they said you couldn't install it. Like he's like, why can't I put the Wikipedia app on here? I know it's a web page, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's the things like that. Frustrated. It's basically like kiosk. Yes. Like a kiosk to just do typing 
of your assignments. Right. And that's pretty much right. It. And you, you could, they had certain um, apps that the school installed and they had certain um, web pages that the school allowed you to go to. But by and large, it was a very managed device. And you can understand why. I mean, it's for high school kids. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. Um, what I found out is that he turned it in on the last day of school because everybody's switching to Chromebooks next year. Hmm. And More cost-effective to stay within the upgrade cycle. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Plus, they can do Google Docs. Which, actually, they do a lot of Google Docs on their iPads. So, yeah. um, Which, you know, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of what I think about Google Docs for schools, but... Well, the reality is it's it's very inexpensive and works very well for that kind of thing. Yep. I mean, my and, rant and is much more... You can't, fault, you can't fault schools. No, my so rant I, is much more like, digital. why is an Apple... Like, why is an uh, Apple pushing oh, sure. like crazy? Because uh-huh. they the students, all of my kids' friends and them all use iPhones. And they all have Apple products at home. And I'm thinking to myself... You know, there Apple is screwing themselves by not just steeping the kids in this so that when they get older, they all just want to have Macs, you know, like it's such a huge wasted opportunity. But maybe, I mean, when you compare Apple's office suite with Google Docs, I mean, obviously there's not even a comparison there. It's way more convenient. It's it's ubiquitous, runs on a lot of different things. Um, I just feel like it's a huge missed opportunity. I actually feel kind of. Yeah, I'll look at my kid's Chromebook and see what it's all about. Um, who knows what kind of shenanigans he's going to be up well, to. Well, I, I remember the comp- the comparison point is a fully locked down iPad. And I'm sure the Chromebook is going to be very effective, very useful, uh, and probably better than a fully locked down iPad with no <laughs> apps installed. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be a fully locked down Chromebook, though, you know? So was it going to have access to Google Docs and maybe Gmail for school? Um, maybe Chrome with restrictive website access? So mm. it's not going to be a whole lot more exciting than a lockdown iPad, I, I would think. Um, but I found it interesting they switched. Um, anyway, the, I, I, think did, the, I was going to say, what, what's your you kid's the, school? Uh, do they deal with any devices yet or do you see it on the horizon nah, she's too little mm-hmm. like the, the extent of using a computer is uh her getting, getting in trouble for not wearing remembering her password for how to log into the one computer in, mm-hmm. in the computer lab right. uh so the, she's not there yet but uh remember when ibooks came out and it was like oh yeah ibooks ipad now, uh, textbooks are going to just become digital, and everybody will have an iPad, and all your books will just I remember you know, how awesome that future was. Right? And there was this whole, for, for the first year, just this, like, everybody rubbing their hands together going, oh, this is amazing. This, look what's happening. We're not going to have to lug books around. We'll be able to keep books or pay much less for a book. Ha ha ha. And, and it never really materialized. Of course, that didn't help that the DOJ decided to, that they really loved Amazon and they wanted to give Amazon a leg up over Apple yeah. and, uh, pursue that whole antitrust thing when <laughs> in reality, like 80% of the book market is owned by Amazon. Anyway, that, that, that aside, 
it really didn't take off or pick up, and it was pretty disappointing. But also, I felt like Apple genuinely dropped the ball. On I, I, I like, felt so too. Yeah, book books not not just because fine they couldn't get the pricing or what whatever it was, but the books never got that interesting or that much better. And and like functionally, like sure I can see it on an iPad screen. Okay. Like it's a supercomputer. Make it more than just reading a page. Yeah. Like the it should have great dictation and it should have a way for me to take notes seamlessly and have those then compiled into like another document really easily and just the functionality that computers should be good at and it never happened. Yeah, it's interesting because you and I have these conversations around the things that would be useful for these types of, of apps and they seem so obvious on the outset that you would think that they, like, okay, I get software projects are difficult, especially ones that millions of people have to use every day and the synchronization well, also patents patents and trademarks well i think that's probably that I'm might get that. more into it yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but it but um all of those technologies i would think would then eventually appear right you know like this seems like the logical place to go um yeah they're not going to get there on iteration one maybe but maybe iteration three or four and here we are years later and i don't think i mean i could be wrong but my kids don't use textbooks on their ipad at all um they still carry around 50 pounds of paper in their now i know i know that um apple has been in Proving the classroom features in iOS. Uh, you watch, you, or do you listen to the podcast uh, Out of School no. with Bradley Chambers? And um, oh shoot, not not cool. I can't remember his name. I think I know you're talking about uh, Scottish, Scottish yeah. gentleman. Uh, yeah, I know you're. I know yeah. who you mean. Oh, come to me in a second. Uh, yeah, Out of School podcast. Go go look it up. It's it's interesting just because they're both in. Uh, in the academic field working with like primary school, high school level people and networks and technologies. And they talk a lot about this and how the things in iOS are, have been slowly improving for, you know, teachers of being able to like manage assignments and reading assignments and stuff like that. And I think that it is slowly getting there. I just don't think that it's compelling enough for a school to say, we're going to spend $1,000 per student Mm -hmm. this year to upgrade iPads. Because they they often talk about the upgrade cycle is very long for schools. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so they they have to keep the old hardware for a very long time before they get to upgrade. And when they upgrade, they have to really upgrade everything all at once. Hey, it's motorcycle season. Hey, it is. I didn't, hey. I didn't hit the mute in time. I just wanted to, you know, it's so beautiful here today. I just wanted to leave one of them in. Ah, sure. It's like 78 yeah. degrees and sunny, I thought. The, you know. the chirp of the birds, the, you know, <laughs> the, the rumble of buzz, the Harleys. The buzz of the motorcycles. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the upgrade cycle is really long. I mean, my kids had their, he had his iPad for three years, I think. Um, and at the end of that arc, it's pretty crappy. I don't know. It's a crap. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it really depends on what the use is, right? Like if you had the cutting edge in textbook technology driving this, the education system, it may be a problem. But all they really use it for is Google Docs, email, web browsing, 
and a few of the apps that the schools use, which is probably they're probably well, all web. Let's just yeah. uh, focus on web browsing. Right. Three years of no hardware improvements. Now, granted, maybe they upgraded iOS and they got improvements in the JavaScript engine and Safari and things like that. But a three-year-old iPad does not browse the internet like a brand new iPad. Just because like, the hardware is built specifically to accelerate the loading of web pages. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's true. So I, I think even even in that narrow experience, right... No, I, I, I can see that. I mean, and he had, you know, he was very paranoid about it breaking. So he had a gigantic rubber uh, case on it, too. Right. So, you know, that less made Less portable, it then. Less portable, less, less easy to slip into your bag. The bags for the kids in school, I mean, at least for my kids in his school, they're just stuffed with these gigantic textbooks. I am... Um, I would pick his his backpack up out of the car. He would slyly say, hey, Dad, could you grab that bag? I'll get these. And I'd be like, sure, kid, no problem. And I would just about pull my shoulder out of its socket because this thing, he's, he's like, yeah, and I have to carry that around every day, all day long. Yep. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. well, that kind of does. I, I'll admit that kind of sucks. Um, but yeah. So you mentioned, you mentioned the case, and I find that interesting because I have this iPad Pro, what, 10, 10.5, right? Mm-hmm. And I got the Logitech Slim Combo case, whatever. And it's okay, but it it just really kills the like leanness of the iPad because it just feels so much bulkier. And the connection of the keyboard to the um, I don't know the the clamshell that goes over the iPad. So basically, it, the way it goes on is there's a clamshell that goes over the back of the iPad. Then you use the smart connection, you know, for the the Apple keyboard. Oh yeah, okay. And that and that attaches the keyboard to that little magnetic edge, right? And powers it and automatic, you know, does all the magic. I actually have like, a question the for you before you move on to that. Um, I just got sure. the new Apple keyboard, and yeah. I noticed that it has this that weird little attachment. So I'm so used to my I have the. Um, I've always had Logitech and whatever keyboards. Like this is actually powered by the iPad, this new one. Okay. I'm asking a yeah. question. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, power does, I think power transmits through that little, that that little connector. Connection. Gotcha. It's more than just Bluetooth. Like it's not just like, oh, hey, it's in proximity, so it connects. That connector does more than that. Okay. Uh, a Bluetooth keyboard, I, I think, is less. Elegant. Yeah, I guess that's what uh, I'm saying because I think the biggest problem that I had when I tried to quote unquote work with my iPad using the keyboards that I had is that sometimes they just wouldn't pair or they would pair mm-hmm. and then I would close it because I had to do something and I'd open it up again and it wouldn't be paired and it anymore. Be paired again. Yeah, and then right. I power, well they power down. You know the keyboard powers right, down to exactly. Save, save and then I would have it somewhat. Some sometimes it would just wouldn't come back on. I'd have to reboot the iPad to get it to work again. And I'm like, this is this sucks. Like th- th- this is not an ample replacement for a computer. If I have to reboot it every maybe three or four times, it just wouldn't work. Um, and so I'm hoping that this is a better thing because it's an Apple keyboard with an Apple device and it's made to do what it's doing. I guess I just wanted to know what your experience has been since you've used a lot of those third-party keyboards the same as I have. Uh, yeah, the, the smart the smart keyboard's 
the best as far as like just connecting it and it works and you never think about it and it just you know does what a keyboard's supposed to do. Okay, good. What I don't like about it is how it disconnect it can disconnect. Okay. Right? Like the magnets are pretty strong, but like if you really crank it, it disconnects and then the keyboard isn't functional. You can't separate the two and still use the keyboard. Uh, well, that makes sense. They, um, the umbilical has to be still connected. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the other issue is that you've got, um, I think the use it on the couch thing, and you mentioned it and you, you did a blog post about this the other day. Um, using it on the couch seems like a non... Hmm. Did you like my video? <laughs> yes. Everything about that post was very interesting, including your dad joke. Um <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Thanks. I can see using it is very much like Chris Farley falling down a, a hill. Um, yeah, it, it's really just doesn't super work. awkward. You know what it, you know what I want is the Zag makes a keyboard for the old iPad. That's the one I use. Which is essentially hinged. I want that except the, with a smart connector. And this, let, let's, let's, uh, future hypothesize or hypothesize about the future of iOS. What I, what I want from Apple is a keyboard that has essentially a hinge and an empty frame and the iPad sticks to that empty frame magnetically and, and does the same thing as the little magic connector does. And the hinge uses the same technology that you use to hold open your laptop monitor. Yes. A nice (laughs) stiff, Nice stiff hinge. Stays where you it doesn't put need it. A, yeah, it doesn't need a kickstand. It stays at the right angle. Um, can easily be closed. Whatever. Uh, but something like that. But along the lines of, like, imagine you have your laptop but no screen, and, and you but you have a frame that the, that the iPad can connect to. And, and stays in place and works great. Right? I want something that's... Uh, the, Apple's... Uh, solution here, I think, is pretty weak because it only covers the front of the iPad. Mm-hmm. It only works on a flat, surf, solid yep. surface because it, you know, you have to. I mean, ironically, make it's this the thing that flexible I triangle. It's what I always made fun of the surface about, and like this is not doesn't seem like a very useful mm-hmm. uh, thing for using on anything other than a table or a desk, which is a lot of the times where you want to use it. You want to use a portable thing in a place where it's not a table or desk. <laughs> Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I totally agree with you. Um, so I, I, you know, along those lines, remember back when the, everybody was all hyped up because Apple had some patent five years ago, there was essentially an iMac that you slipped an iPad into. And it would, yeah, you don't recall I don't this. really recall like that actually. You, no. you, the CPU was basically the iPad. You put it in and then it connected and then the external, the, the display of the, of the iMac is independent, but you know, receives the signal from the iPad or whatever. Some, some scenario like that, but where instead of everything needing to sync everywhere you go, your computer is essentially your iPhone or your iPad and you pop it in. And now it's exactly that, except it's on a bigger screen with an external keyboard and all that kind of stuff. I see. Okay. I I am hopeful that we will get to a point where something like that happens where your environment is is all secured on the device and 
you don't have to worry about syncing discrepancies and like, oh, well, the setting here is not the right setting because, you know, that's the setting on my iPad. I've been going through this with apps on the iPad of like having to reset them all up again because all my personal preferences uh, are dark mode for every app. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I have to go into every single app and do that setting all over again because I did a clean install uh-huh. rather than kind of like it knowing that, you know, I always prefer dark mode for everything. I generally do too, just based on where I use things, you know, like it's usually at night and I'm usually in a room that I don't want to disturb people or watching TV or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually use that Zag keyboard to watch stuff, uh, in bed a lot, you know, like I'll just have it resting on my chest and, and I, I can't see using this one I mean, there's much more danger of breaking my nose with a 12 point whatever inch iPad. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna use that laying down in bed. You can, but not over your head. <laughs> you're not gonna hover it over your head while you watch not, TV. Not at risk of injuring your face. Um, yeah, I also think. Well, I don't know if they even make other keyboards for this thing because I wanted to try that Apple keyboard. I've heard so many good things about how comfortable it is to type on. And I played around with that kind of, um, the origami nature of it at the Apple store. And I, I gotta tell you (laughs) the new iPad, my kids are, are uh, the type of nerds that when they see something scrolling, they can tell me how many, you know, how many frames it is like the, the, is it 60 (laughs) FPS or whatever? Uh-huh. Um, so he, they go up to this iPad and they, they, you know, they swipe it and he, and my, my oldest son's like, wow, is this 120 FPS? I'm like, shut up. Are you kidding me? Like, it looks the same as the one next <laughs> nice. to it. Um, uh, old man. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I'm actually, I've never been able to really tell that stuff. I've never been sensitive to frame. Like as long as it's 32 or whatever, 24, whatever I can it is. tell, but only like as reference to another frame rate. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell just li- like if I'm, if I'm in a store and I see a TV, I don't, I don't just know unless I see a TV near it that is 60 frames per second. Yeah, or, and, and even then I see it and I think it's not a big enough deal to a, to pay more nah. money for it or that I would remark on it. You know what I mean? Like I, I see some people like I'm not using that. It's garbage if it's under 60 frames a second or something. And I'm like, really? <laughs> is it really garbage? Under sixty frames a second, because <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, Here, I'm, I'm, send, I'm sending you a link in the uh, Mr. In Roboto. The okay. Uh, speaking of keyboards, uh, this is a keyboard I've been waiting for. I think two years now. I put my order in two years ago. Okay. I, I'm beginning to think maybe they won't oh, ever. Ship I remember it. this. Um, I've heard you weren't yeah. the only person who I know uh, who is in, who is waiting for this thing. Um, yeah, text blade by Way Tools. It looks super cool. Um, it's either like this huge scam or they really care about how it's going to work. But I paid like a hundred bucks for it. It's not the end of the world. But uh, I prefer not to waste a hundred dollars. This looks like the best little. It it looks like a keyboard out of like Blade Runner. It right? does. Where you'd like kind of throw it open on the desk <laughs> and this little little sliver of a piece of metal flips open and boom, it's like this magical keyboard. But if you watch some of their videos, the things that they're doing with it are very cool for 
um, all these different types of control um, mechanisms mm. meant for mobile devices of like, oh, well, you press this and this, and now you've got a cursor, and you press this and this on the keyboard, and you've got this other thing. And it's it's just really at least the videos are clever. Now it could be that they have overextended themselves and are not able to realize <laughs> they're their... sitting in a room with wires covering them and they just, just yeah. sobbing. <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, they continue to post updates. Most of the updates that I see are more like your shipment is now next quarter. <laughs> and then I come, I come like two months later and then it's like your shipment is now the following quarter. Mm-hmm. And they've basically, they used to do monthly estimated ship dates, and I've noticed now they've moved to seasons. <laughs> and so my see my my estimated ship window was spring, and I just checked today, it just says and good it luck says with that on the, on the summer. <laughs> okay, so I'm assuming I'll check in September, and it'll say winter. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just do this forever. Nice. Um, now, to be fair, they they do offer a refund at any time if you want it. So you can just say, like, I want my $100 back. Oh, okay. I'd prefer to stay in the queue. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, well, that's the way it goes, I guess. Uh, shame on them. Amazing. But it looks very cool the way it works. It's like, it's small enough to fit in a shirt pocket. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it flips open, and the two ends are magnetic, and they they snap together, and then you have all these keys, but it's kind of like the swipe keyboard, where like the way you type is as important as what letters you're trying to type. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So, speaking of future of, of keyboards, I just thought that idea was... like our, It feels like the keyboard is so dated... The, like the the oldest part of our computing technology is the keyboard. Yeah, you because it goes back to the typewriter, right? <laughs> well, it's like it's interesting because my son, as Mister Future as he likes to be, loves mechanical keyboards and loves like he's built his own computer. He's built several computers, right? So it's interesting to see a person who's surrounded by all the people who talk about this is like, you know, everybody's Snapchatting and all of the stuff. And he still sees these kind of what, you know, based on our conversation are seeming more and more like legacy input devices and computing devices as being, um, you know, like a big deal, you know? Right. I mean, where are we going to go from the mouse? It, f- it just feels like innovation really <laughs> shallowed out very quickly once we got the mouse as an input device. And we're like, yeah, good, good enough. enough. Let's keep going. <laughs> what did you just send me? <sighs> Sorry. I just uh, <laughs> randomly sent you. I-, I know you think it's hilarious that I still have comments on my website, but uh, usually they're very helpful. Like, uh, oh, here's one for you. I, I do love this. Was frust- I love your response, by the way. <laughs> I was frustrated that, uh, that you know, when you have auto capitaliz- capitalization turned yeah. on, uh, on the iPad, I couldn't figure out how to I saw type that, that yeah. first, mm-hmm. first letter as a lowercase. Like, let's say you want to start a sentence with iOS, <laughs> right? right. Uh, so if you just tap shift... And then type the letter, it'll be lowercase if you have auto capitalization turned on. Uh, Versus if you hold shift, it does nothing different. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> so that's that's what I couldn't figure out. But that came to me through comments, mm. which I thought was awesome. So that is exactly why I keep comments on is because eighty to ninety percent of the comments I get are actually intelligent, thoughtful, considerate, and friendly. I uh, think every once in a while I get a bozo that comes along and he's like, The surface is the solution. Oh boy. Um <laughs> I guess it's just where you and I differ, which we differ on a lot of things. This is one of them is I would mm-hmm. rather just not know than deal with comments. <laughs> than have to deal with you. Well, well like let's, my, my reply to him is pretty accurate. I rarely have to do administration of my comments, except for when there's a bozo that decides that uh, my comment section is his blog. Um, <laughs> I like that. So I like it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> here, here we are in the future. Jeff. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about um, personal peripherals oh beyond the mouse yes. and the keyboard and things like that. I consider a personal peripheral something like a watch or a pair of glasses. Ooh, interesting. Right. Um, and and or, I do want to know whatever, or even headphones or something, okay. something like that. Like, where do you see that kind of stuff going? Do you think it's going to go beyond this pedestrian? It's interesting uh, from the aspect that um, I always have this back and forth with myself and with others about what the ideal control scheme is going to be. And I always kind of feel like the old man ranting at the, at, you know, yelling at clouds because I don't <laughs> like smearing up my screen, which is by definition <laughs> how you have to control your iPad. Um, uh-huh. I prefer a trackpad over everything. I, I haven't used a mouse in years. And uh, mainly because I, I, I got really bad uh, RSI um, from uh-huh. years of development and using a mouse uh, to the point where my right hand, I just couldn't do it anymore. So then I started using a mouse with my left hand and then that was, got basically ruined as well. So, so now I just use a trackpad and geez, that's like trying to type with your lips. It's actually I not like not I usually can mouse use either one. Like if, if I sit down at a computer and it has the mouse on either side at work and I'm helping somebody through something, I can use it on either side. It really oh, wow. Matter. Oh no, I am totally backwards if that happens really oh. um yeah. i actually don't even switch the buttons i use the left mouse button just normally and just kind of hold it kind of cockeyed i, I admit i'm sort of strange but i want to be able to use anybody's computer because i was doing a lot of like, you know tech support like helping people with apps that i wrote or something for years so i need to be able to sit down at anybody's machine i just kind of got used to it but anyway um i much prefer a trackpad in fact i'm using my trackpad left-handed right now mm-hmm. um huh. And I, I really wish that it allowed, that, that an iPad would allow for a different control scheme. I know it sounds like, well, then why are you bothering with an iPad? Because that's the primary use. And I, can, I like the idea of not having to worry about other stuff. Um, says the guy. No, I think, I think that's a, a fair suggestion uh, that. Yeah, but you're. Other input methods should be allowed on iOS unless you're taking a f- unless unless they, people think Apple's taking a philosophical stand of like no you must touch the glass to use this well, operating system. I think the issue though is from a user interface perspective, everything is built with a fingerprint sized control you know surface um, like like the the tap targets are all made for a fingerprint. Yeah, that's fine. So, so I mean, I guess you can still it, keep them large. Just, just allow somebody to use a trackpad as well. Mm-hmm. 
if they want if they wanted to or, or you know whatever should it matter yeah i, I don't it, think so as long as they're large enough for a finger as well right. i guess uh, apple could you know, speaking of philosophical arguments maybe their philosophical argument is we don't want that slippery slope where people are making ios apps with incredibly tiny yeah. tap targets yeah i can see that I, I guess um, I can agree with you. Um, I, I would love to use my iPad with a, you know, I always felt it was awkward, and I, I assume it's not going to change when this new I- iPad comes, that you can be typing on a keyboard and then have to reach up and smear your finger around on the screen in front of you, usually obscuring what you're trying to activate, you know, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, move the cursor to a specific point between letters or do a selection or something, it'd be much easier to just move your hand over, not obscure what you're looking at, select a section of text, move it. Um, Cause that's stuff that I do all the time. And so, sure. um, and I also think there's a, the, having the distance between the keyboard and the screen means you're reaching out and smearing around like a foot or two away from you, which is different than when you're holding the iPad and it's very close to you. So I feel it's even like your, your touch is even less accurate. Absolutely. You're so use, using these external keyboards, it becomes very frustrating to try and keep reaching up to select things. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to use the keyboard instead. Right. And I guess you can make the argument, well, there you go. Apple does allow an external input device. <laughs> it's called an external keyboard. Yeah. So, Hopefully, their next step is that external keyboard now has uh, tons of a, shortcuts and has a touch like or, or touchpad. Oh, that would be nice. on it, right? That that would be my ideal. Is like, oh, okay, now I can move this thing around, but they have to solve like figuring out what the context is because I I don't think they want a cursor on the screen. Mm-hmm. So right, so it has so maybe a text selection where you can move a, a text cursor, but then when you're in the main, you know, landing page interface with all your apps, it, it doesn't do anything. Maybe, yeah, it, it, I can understand not wanting the cursor, but I, you need one if you want those touch things. So back to your original question, actually, I took it a different direction. Uh, watches and such being peripherals. Um, for the first time in probably, well, since my uh, my Apple Watch broke and was waiting for a replacement, I didn't wear my watch yesterday. Um, cause we are doing this, um, it's a charity event happens every year and I end up being, uh, what did you call me a speed bump or a directional sign? Road, road, road cone. cone. I was a road cone for these. <laughs> exactly. For the race. I, was. You're a road cone. I was a road cone. You, you, you marked the I way. I marked the way. I pointed to where people had to go. I also slowed down. Uh, you know, if I saw a car coming, I would run out and flag them down and warn people where runners are coming from. But the reason why I didn't wear my Apple watch was because we have this sun, uh, sunscreen that I think is the same stuff that I used on my arms when my watch fell apart. And I remember hearing talk of whatever that, uh, sunscreen was like breaks down the adhesion between the back piece and mm. the watch. Interesting. So yeah. I decided, well, I'm not going to take the chance and it's not like I really have to worry about it. I'm going to be sitting out there sweating anyway. I'll just wear my old Timex, you know, watch with my NATO wristband and it's like $30 watch. No big deal. I found that I didn't look at my watch. Basically I didn't, I didn't miss any of the functions of the Apple watch. You know what I mean? Like I didn't didn't worry about my 
I was sitting still, so I wasn't worried about my heart rate. Um, I wasn't worried about using it for exercise. I didn't, I was on a weekend, so I wasn't getting notifications or anything. And I thought mm-hmm. to myself, you know, I always wear it every day because it's, it is an essential peripheral to how I go about my business. Um, but I didn't feel like I was lacking anything yesterday, <laughs> which I found very, uh, freeing in some well, ways. That's, that's almost like saying like, Oh, I went to the beach and didn't take my phone. Well, okay, sure. You're at the beach. You don't need a phone. Uh, maybe that's fine, but I wouldn't like go to work without taking my phone. Well, or I mean, I used it to check the time, but that's all I use my watch for. I think is what the takeaway was for me. Oh really? Yeah. You, you now don't think that you use all the little widgets and notifications. I really and- don't. Um, I mean, I, it's, I'm a strange bird in that I have most of my notifications turned off on my watch. Um, I don't want to really be bothered. I want to use it to look down. I'll tell you what I use it for a lot is I have the weather in the top left and I have the time and then I have the the next appointment coming up in the center. Like I used, I just switched over to Mm -hmm. that like kind of informational view. Um, and you know, it's useful, but all that stuff is kind of on my wa- on my phone. It doesn't need to be on my it, wrist. It's really not a it's it's not a big pain point if you don't have it. Yeah, because you can pull your phone out. Yeah. and still see pretty much all that information. And because you can unlock with your finger, it's instantaneous to get to your right phone, and then one tap to get to your calendar. Right, and yeah. and so there are certain situations where I think I would want to have something that had heart rate and GPS and stuff. Like if I lived in the wilds of Vermont, like our friend Seth, and he does a lot of walking in the mountains and stuff, like if I was doing that, just given that I had a you know heart valve repair and all that stuff, I think it would be useful just if I'm going on a hike to have myself be tracked. You know, so if I do keel over, my wife can find me or if I become, well, so, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's this still, this, this still doesn't get to the, like the imaginative answer. I was, mm, okay. I was hoping that you would, you would dig in on, which is like, it does this thing now. What, what could it do down the road? Might it be able to do that is different? And, you know, I think about, uh, the, the biggest barrier I see right now is it doesn't have its own cellular connection. Yep. It always requires a, a phone. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, I still have issues. Like, right now, my watch is saying, uh, unlock to view. I have no idea why. <laughs> uh, no idea. <laughs> like, I've unlocked my phone many, many times today. Yeah, and it's still a weird that. I get that sometimes. Uh, so, that's real lame. But also, I think that keeps it bound to a very limited set of features. Like, you know, it, it's a peripheral to your phone. Um, Kind of, uh, I guess, like a input device, but almost like a screen where it's not really worthwhile on its own. Like v- very little value if you don't have the phone with you, or if you don't have a cellular connection, or all those things. So I'm, I'm trying hard to like think about a time when everything's small enough and powerful enough they can jam any type of electronics in there. You know, like we talk about our iPhone being, I don't know, a thousand times more powerful right. than the iPhone from three years ago. Just imagine your watch, which is like 10,000 times more powerful than your current iPhone. Like, what could you do with that? Well, I guess... Like, is it different than a phone? Yeah, I guess going back to my um, earlier point, like, I think using it for... 
I know a lot of people think this is weird and creepy, but my wife and I use it all the time. Like find my friends. I use all the time. Uh, just like my wife is coming mm-hmm. back from the grocery store, which is far away. Do I want to call her? I and, use it every day. Yeah. I don't want to call her and, and interrupt her and make her drive into a ditch or something. I just look at my watch. I look at my phone rather. And I see that she's 10 minutes away and I just put my phone away because I know that she's on her way home. Um, yeah. I can see back to my, my point about uh, our buddy Seth. Um, you know, going for hikes out in the woods for me, I think would be a, a peace of mind type thing, especially if I didn't have to worry about it. Um, like that technology helped to be, be able to pinpoint my location or know what my heart rate was or any of that stuff. I find that pretty useful. Um, especially if you weren't tethered to a phone or if the, uh, cellular, t- you know, was so ubiquitous that you didn't have to worry about losing your signal out in kind of the remote areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that right now when you look at some of these Garmin watches that have heart rate sensors and stuff, um, they're gargantuan and I really want something small. <laughs> um, they are pretty, they're pretty ridiculous. Giant. And um, I think even if I, even if my watch broke, I don't think I would buy one of those, even given the utility of all that stuff. So, so let me ask you this. I think is a big one. Just, yeah. Just point blank. Do you think the future of a watch is basically becoming as functional as the phone, or do you think it has a different role? I think um, what Apple would like you to think is that it's so important that you should get one um, because it's as important but different than a phone, but I don't think that that's actually true. Um, Okay. So that's just kind of where I'm thinking. I don't think that the watch is ever going to elevate itself to the point where, you know, it's a, it's a mind blowing must have technology. Although I did answer my phone on it the other day and that was kind (laughs) of like space. Eh, It still feels a little, little awkward to me. So here's the line that I've been thinking. The difference between the phone and the watch, the phone is, the phone can be in your pocket. It can be on your desk, disconnected from you. The watch is always touching your skin, mm-hmm. right? It's always next to you. It's the most intimate piece of computing technology I mm-hmm. have, right? Um, so imagine a future where, what's the value there? Well, uh, detecting blood chemistry, so we've heard a little bit about the, you know, what could they do for diabetes, yep, Parkinson's. monitoring, things like yep. that, right? Um, and so I'm imagining a future where not only is it a supercomputer, but it's got, you know, microfilaments, capillaries that essentially you don't feel because they're so small, they pass between neurons, so you don't feel any prick or anything, but it's able to constantly monitor and detect blood chemistry. Mm-hmm. I know that would you know, revolutionize pri- privacy, privacy yeah. issues aside. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I'm sure the insurance companies would love that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Like, Oh, we can always monitor your cholesterol and alcohol levels. Yeah. Blood sugar, and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, guess what? We're charging you more this month for your insurance. <laughs> Cause you, cause you, you ate you, a prohibition pig in Vermont and you had yeah, a lot of fatty right. foods. <laughs> so, but that kind of thing could, I think be incredibly, important as far as like a a technology innovation, because it allows you insight into something that now requires days or weeks of lab work. And, and it's because it's not real time. The, the way we measure things now is it may not be relevant by the time you get the result or I knew somebody that 
for whatever reason, they're they're scientists. They worked at a pharmaceutical company. They wanted to be on Lipitor because they thought that was important. Okay, uh, but they didn't actually have high cholesterol. <laughs> so what they did is they went out and ate a bunch of ribs before they went for their blood nice. tests. And then their doctor <laughs> prescribed them Lipitor. Uh, really strange, but <laughs> yeah, they gamed the system because the blood test is a discrete event, and it only tests whatever's in your blood at that moment. Uh, I just think about like what could we get out of this device that's constantly next to our skin, and yeah, you know, independent has its own cellular connection, has its own GPS, like figures out, you know, has altitude measurements, so it can basically pinpoint how your blood chemistry is, is responding to every event. Like, oh, you were in a meeting, and look, your uh, your hormone levels spiked because something bad must have been happening. Yeah, yeah you were meeting. angry like that in that meeting. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's almost like life logging, and, and we can talk about the Google, Google Glass or something like that, but life logging without the video and images. Like, it's blood chemistry logging and tying that to events and schedules and you yeah. know, the rest of yeah. your We've talked about that in previous show because I was going to say, and what is the value of that? But you talked about, um, I think one of the things that I've logged most consistently is sleep. And you were talking about how you used sleep um, tracking to detect, you know, your, <laughs> your issue with your air conditioner. Um, <laughs> I do think, you know, there's a lot of shrugging and who cares that comes along with that type of tracking until you tie it to a a real-life benefit, right? Like a, a thing right. that is so obvious to you that you've never thought about before, but now this technology enables you to just do it passively. Um, and so there's no... And, and use it for more than more than that, like... Think about all the other technologies improving over the decade, like Siri. Now you get home and Siri's like, eat an orange, dude, because <laughs> you're going to be grumpy mm-hmm. if you don't eat a piece of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I actually uh, went to the doctor the other day, and she was actually saying um, that I needed to eat more salt. And I, you know, they always say, don't eat more salt, don't eat more salt. And she's like, no, it'll help you retain water. It'll keep your blood pressure mm-hmm. higher. Like. If I had a watch that would just say, you know, your your water level's low or have some potato lick chips. Salt lick. <laughs> yeah, have some potato chips, you idiot. Um, but having that information would be useful. And this is the stuff that really doesn't um, – you don't think about it until you need it. You don't think about it until you have needed it. Um, so if you're a young – person who doesn't think about salt intake or whatever it doesn't seem like a cool thing well i also i also think it's uh lack of experience in the world Mm -hmm. like you you might just feel shitty and not really know why and just think oh i feel shitty right well maybe it it correlates to the fact you ate like three pounds of chinese food right Maybe you, you only like, got two hours of sleep last night, and you're, yeah, you're, you you right. don't remember that, or you've been studying uh, you know, over. Pretend- or you drink beer at four p.m. on a Sunday, and it's going to mess up it. your sleep pattern. Right. <laughs> this is a this is a double too, boy. You're asking me to think about the future after drinking a half of a double IPA. Right, so, so now the glasses. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, I think there's there's not much extrapolation required for Google Glass in my opinion of, of like what you could do if you're able to cat, capture video, audio, 
photos of everything that, that went in front of your eyes. Like, I think that would change civilization. It would. If, that, if everybody, if everybody and did not that. for the better. Do you think it's, it's ever going to happen? Because I think that there's something that are, or many cultures around the world just are not okay with. I think that there's this driving need by techno nerds to do something like that. And I will have to admit that there have been plenty of times where I'm seeing something thinking, man, I wish I was just recording this exact moment because by the time I get my watch out or my phone out, the moment will be gone. And I know it will be. Uh, and Or when somebody tells you, oh, no, I said this. And you're like, no, I swear that they said yeah, something different. Yeah. I mean, but there's those no moments would record. be helpful, but I don't think any of those things are more... Um, uh, I don't think that any of those things outweigh the terrible, terribleness of recording everything as it happens and right. putting it places. And it even goes back to our conversation of where do you put everything? Like, you know, does it go in the cloud, which we don't, are you just assuming like ubiquitous and error free uh, well, cloud, things, cloud a, stuff? A lot of these things assume uh, inventions, innovations that I, I, I can't, imagine how that will happen to bridge that. But yes, I mean, assume all the infrastructure is there. Uh, we have ultra fast, uh, Wi-Fi or cellular, uh, 6G or whatever, right, whatever right. they want to label it, uh, that is incredibly fast for huge amounts of data. And it's always synced to servers and there's constant metadata analysis. So you can, you know, do searches and things like that. That's fine. That's fun to think about and what that might mean for arguments with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Things yeah. like that. All right. But uh, I wonder with something like that, if we can, if we would ever be able to get past the uh, privacy. Yeah. I don't, I just like the friction it would cause of just like, here, let me rewind what you said yesterday. Like no one, like that would be so, that would change your interactions with it people. Change, it's, and I also think like if it would change my interaction with interactions with people on a day-to-day -day basis. Like if somebody walked up to me wearing one of those glasses, my first reaction would be, I want to punch you in the face. Like you didn't ask me <laughs> to tape yeah. any of our interaction here or tape here. Well, that's that weird transition period though, where it goes from early adopters to everybody using it. Because I used to have the exact same feeling about people taking photos in public. Mm -hmm. I I do not like my photo to be taken, even if I just happen to be accidentally in the photo. I feel like that's I don't like rude. it either. I think it's rude as right? well. I think a lot is, but it, it's it's pretty acceptable now. This just happens everywhere. Well, people take pictures all the yeah, time. Yeah, and I also see people in public listening to music full blast on their phones or their kids <laughs> watching videos at the yeah, dinner table. Still and cracks me up. I'm like, what are you people like? Are you so oblivious that you don't think about anyone what around that, you? What is that thing where people hold their phone sideways and and like yell at it? <laughs> you know, like they hold it like. Yeah. I don't know, like they're carrying like a, candy bar, yeah. a candy bar sized platter yeah. in their hand and they're just kind of yelling at the bottom of their phone. Right. I mean, which is talking back to them at what full volume. What is going on with that? Yes, I don't really understand. Like, I feel like I'm having a stroke. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, is that a phone or are they having a conversation? Yeah. And I don't know. So when I look at stuff like that and I think, well, these people are using technology in a way that I wouldn't 
ever think to use it, but does that mean that that's going to become the norm or is that, are these people going to become pariahs? Like I wouldn't think so. They seem so completely oblivious to my dirty looks or, you know, my <laughs> comments under not so subtly under my breath. Like, under your breath. Yeah. Like, yeah. gee, it must be nice to play videos at full volume in a restaurant right behind people who are trying to have dinner. You know, like, like they just don't care. So they're just going to do whatever they want. So when I say, Hey, Remember- stop recording me with your stupid glasses. They're like, I don't, I don't really care what, what? you think. I'm recording. <laughs> old man. <Yeah. laughs> Get away from me. These are my Snapchat glasses, old man. Um, well, I mean, we've already passed through this threshold where other people can upload photos of you to Facebook, Facebook yep. or Instagram. And it tags you. And tag them mm-hmm. and document things about you that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Right? That you That's kind of out of your control. And people seem okay with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the reality of the world. Stop so it? maybe maybe we will get to that point. Yeah. How are you going to stop it? I mean, I get, um, so as much as I detest Facebook, I do have an account because I wanted to make sure that my name was not, you know, just taken by somebody else and people posting, you know, you yep. go pictures on what it or something. The, and, um, I saw, every once in a while I'll get an email that says, you've just been tagged in a photo. And I'll be like, what? And I'll go yeah. on there. It'll be some old, you know, picture from somewhere, and my name, will, my face will have a little square around it, and it'll point to. to yeah, and I'm like, it seems so uncool. It feels like you just got a notification. Uh, someone is having sex with your hand right now. <laughs> and you're like, what? No, I didn't approve this. <laughs> yeah, and what are you gonna do? I'm not a participant here. Yeah, I'm not a willing one, anyway. Um, uh-huh. I don't know what. I don't really know where that goes. I, it just seems to me. To become, I don't know, I I try and use my kids as an example because they're at the age right now where technology is such a huge part of their lives and the the kind of ubiquity of it and the ease with which they slide back and forth between apps and my, they both have iPhone SEs actually. Ironically, they both wanted the smallest phone possible. Um, And... uh, my oldest uses, he has a girlfriend who uses Snapchat all the time with her. Um, when I ask him why Snapchat over other things, he's like, it's because everybody uses Snapchat. So that's what we use. And, right. you know, <laughs> it's, and so, but, you know, two years ago, it was everybody uses Facebook. That's just what everybody uses. So who knows really if, and, and maybe he was, you know, bullshitting me. Maybe it's because we don't want you to see our photos and they disappear in 20 hours or something like that. Um, but uh, I, I ask them, and and they just kind of go from technology to technology, you know? Like, they just move fairly seamlessly and well, don't they, give a lot of thought to it. they keep moving to the next innovation. Yeah, exactly. Even, even small innovations, but it's slightly improved over the previous thing. And so that's cool. Everybody's there, and that's the way we want to use it. So what what else do you think? We've talked about, let's see, keyboards, mice. Yep. Touchpads, uh, watches, watches uh, iPads. Cars, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think, I guess, you know, my, I still think my vision of the future as outdated as it is starting to seem would still be that we have a monitor, keyboard, and touchpad at our desk. And we have a portable device that we carry with us that has all of our information that's synced to the cloud. And we, we join the two together when we want to work at our desk. 
And when we want to go someplace, we pull the thing out and just walk away with it or it never leaves our pocket, whatever. Um, that way we have the best of all worlds. I have a touchpad and my uh, keyboard when I want to do quote unquote real work. Um, and then I have this device which has everything else on it that I can use wherever I want to use it. Um, I still think that would be my ideal. Um, I got fairly close with uh, my old MacBook Air and iPhone, but I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's where anybody's headed anymore. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think the iPads or iPhones really are moving towards that type of an integrated future, that they're trying to push you more towards this is the new paradigm and kind of, you know, pushing it in that direction um, by, you know, allowing you to do more advanced quote unquote professional type work on an iPad. I think the ultimate goal is for 99% of the people, you can just get by with an iPad and maybe a keyboard. Maybe you don't even need that anymore on a big enough screen. Like I, like I said before, a coworker of mine has a 12 inch iPad and he can't even imagine using a keyboard with it. He thinks the on-screen right, keyboard is awesome. Type on screen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Uh, well, so you don't think laptops are really long for this world? Yeah. So is that what you're saying? Um, I would like them to be to to remain. I really do. I just think that well, they're my your, ult- use your kids as as part of your metric yeah, here because yeah. because I think that's an interesting angle uh, of nerdy kids. Yeah, that are that they want a game and they want to talk to their friends and they use Steam and they use Steam Chat and they use Discord and all of those things are on iOS, but they they're. By far, it's preferred, neutered. Yeah, by far preferred right. is to use a, a, a actually a laptop. And when they so the only thing keeping them on the laptop though is the quality of the software. If everything worked basically the same, they wouldn't care. They would touch the screen versus you know pop it open and type on a keyboard. Possibly, I, US, I think no no USB connections, no external monitor kind of thing. I don't think so. I think that the the, the they're also nerds so they've got this aspect of i talked earlier about my oldest son and his frame rate obsession like i don't think they'll see ipads as like the the gamers preferred way of playing video games you know because they're never going to have the the muscle of a gigantic fan you know water-cooled video card or something like that um you know they're always looking for performance and all that stuff. So I think it, when they're just messing around with their friends, an, um, an iPad that had the equivalent usage of a current day laptop, they'd probably be fine with. But when they wanted to sit down and play mm-hmm. video games, they'd want something that they could build some Frankenstein weirdo machine that they could do stuff with. Right. Oh, that is uh, that is another aspect to iOS I was going to mention. I, I, I wonder if you know Apple said that they're going to have new displays at some point mm-hmm. right to come with come out for the mac pro and do you think they'll have built in like enough processing power to have built in airplay because that that is something mm. that i think would be pretty awesome is have your ipad there and just an external monitor no cables connected yeah. but airplay directly to it and use it like a secondary display for your ipad it would be cool, but I don't see 
just based on Apple's current trajectory of what they are doing, I don't see them ever doing something like that at this point. I'm not quite sure actually where displays because they'll just make a 27 inch iPad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I don't. See, I really don't see them doing that type of stuff anymore. I, I see them. They're just changing their focus. You know. I don't know. Right. What do you think? Uh, I mean, there's obviously the aspect of like, I would love to see that. Hold on. I have someone knocking at my door. Oh, okay. Give me a second. One eleven. Yes. That's something that you're, you do with us. She wanted to do hair chalk with her friend. Uh-huh. Well, you can. It's uh, like mm, you know, that's too messy. Sorry, is it? We're at one eleven, so you'll need to do some chaperoning in, in a few minutes anyway. Um, yeah. So let's see. We mm-hmm. uh, external monitors. Uh, yeah. Okay. So here we go. One eleven. One twelve. Okay. Continue. Yes. External monitors. What are your thoughts? There, there's obviously that aspect of like, I hope that happens because I think it would be cool. I don't know that I would pay a thousand dollars for an external monitor for my iPad. Yeah. Uh, but it would tell me something about what Apple thinks the iPad's role is. They're, they're adding a lot of like, what's, what's the correct term now? P, uh, PC. Mm-hmm. Like desktop, they're adding a lot of desktop functionality to iOS. Well, in iOS 11, yeah, that's something that's kind of intrigued me. And do you think that then means that it's headed towards my ideal future of now your iPad is the thing that you've carried around all day and now you put it on your desk and it, the display leaps to your large display and you've got different controls? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's anytime soon. I think we'll see a point where it's just guess what? Your MacBook Air is this new type of external keyboard for your iPad. Mm. And you just pop it in, and now that's your MacBook Air-like machine. And with AirPlay, you have a secondary monitor, and you have a touchpad and and keyboard, but then you pop it out and you touch the screen. I, th- I think that's like some transition point probably... 10 years from mm. now. So like the Microsoft service. No... <laughs> Isn't that what that thing does? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Except I think there's going to be a lot of um, slowly getting us to understand that we won't have cursors and that, you know, they need to change their old habits. We talked about how like, Oh, well we invented the mouse mm-hmm. and then we're like the good enough move along. We'll do, we'll only ever have uh this weird black and white arrow thing moving across our screen. And I think they're going to have to take this time to wean us off of that model and onto something different. And I don't know what that yeah. is because if I yeah. did, I would be working it out. You'd be working. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think, right. You know, we've, we talked about all these weird innovations that they introduce and then we were, everybody speculates as to why they do them and then they become clear, you know, three or four years later, four iterations <laughs> later, you know, of their devices. And then right. you're like, Oh man, Cause they set the, they set the foundation. They get you used to this new thing. Yep. And then everybody bitches about it and writes, uh, you know, things on Think medium pieces. Yep. about it. And then 
over time we forget that we didn't like it or we, you know, whatever, and we have a new thing to complain about, but then we just accept it and they, then they roll out, oh, well, here you go. This is why we changed your scrolling direction. Yep. This is, That's always the biggest yeah, one I is, use. I always talk about scrolling directions because people yeah. who I worked with lost their shit when they ch- came out with that. Like, I have I to turn this off. So that's a big, big change. It was. It was. In fact, I had turned it. I had disabled it. It in the, initially because I'm like this is this is BS, man. I've been using it this way forever. Now you're changing it to be the exact opposite. That's crazy. Um, but then I thought, well, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it for a week, and if I can't get used to it, I'll change it back. And I was used to it by a day. At the end of the day, I was used to it. Yeah. But I like I, I'm starting to think maybe some of the voice command stuff is like a slow introduction of a new model to in interact with your computer. And I know you and I bitch about like, I don't want to be sitting in my office and like have people overhear what I'm telling my computer to do. But what what book was I, I was reading a book recently um, where they talked about this method of communication where you sub vocalize and the communication device picks up on that sub-vocalization and broadcasts that to the receiver so that you could basically talk to somebody essentially silently and they could still understand what you're saying. And through, so you can imagine a point where you're, everybody has AirPods, okay. you're talking to each other with this in a very, very low tone so that it's almost undetectable, and then the processors are enhancing that. That's to, that's out what very interesting. Right? Yeah, that's so a very I, I just I, I like I, to like spin these things out of like where could we take this with big enough improvements in miniaturization and in improvements in CPUs and things like that. And I think that I think we're in a an energy well with with the current input devices, meaning we found something that was okay, it seemed to work in a lot of different contexts and we just don't care enough to switch right now. But that also severely limits what we can do with our computers. It does. Um, Yeah, I guess it's worth thinking about what the other control methods are. Um, and And I've just kind of thrown voice out out of hand. You know, but I'd never even thought of it. Because it seems annoying. It, it definitely totally is annoying agree. right now. I mean, I, I don't use it because it's super annoying. Um, I don't like to be doing something. Like, for instance, if you want to use Siri on your your MacBook, if you're listening to music, the music <laughs> stops. It goes ding, ding. It, you yeah. say something. It gets it wrong. It doesn't go away. You come back. It, you know, it just interrupts everything, and it doesn't work the way it's supposed to, and it's incredibly right. annoying. Because we're not there yeah. yet. And, yeah. and imagine a point where they were talking about uh, – you don't even have to imagine it. I, supposedly, it's coming with the Apple speaker thing, mm-hmm. right, that it's able to figure out that it's your voice specifically, which device you're talking to, and potentially over the music. Mm-hmm. Where you don't have to mute everything in order to get, issue your voice no, command. No, that would be ideal. Right, and I do. I do wonder what that might be like. Instead of like moving your cursor across the screen, you you just say, you know, close this window, or um, you know, start a Skype call with Jeff, mm-hmm. 
and you don't have to click anything. And that's just like, and we look back at this point, like, wow, how, uh, you used to have to type this stuff we and were. click on stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so anyway, I love this. Stuff. I do this too. Is, I mean, I love cool. thinking about it. I, I, I teeter back and forth as you well aware, because you hear my rants all the time. I teeter back and forth between thinking what an awesome gateway to the future that we live in. And then compare that with, I just got a thing popping up telling me to upgrade Skype for the 15th time. That's going to make it incompatible with call recorder. And it's not going to up like, uh-huh. like at the same time, the future is a complete disaster. Yeah, you never see that when you watched uh, the these space movies, yeah. right? You never see like in Star Wars they 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 start up their Tie Fighter and it's like, oh, Enough you have available. an OS patch. Please <laughs> stand by while we upgrade your Enough Tie Fighter. is available and you can't use it <laughs> right. in, until we upgrade. Yeah, I get that all the time <laughs> on like PlayStation or iOS. That is just shitty design. It is. That is just people not caring about the the customers that they serve. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. But, but that's at what the same is. time, so um, I don't know if you watch. This is an interesting thing because, like, you can't just upgrade people willy nilly because it could cause problems or whatever. Did you watch the Apple thing about how they uh, did the Apple file system upgrade on everyone's phone and didn't have a complete disaster? Yeah, I did. Yeah, the, was that on the Daring Fireball? Uh, what's it? John Gruber's no, podcast. No, a friend of mine, Anthony, who's a QA tester, told me about um, some... Pretty pretty ballsy. Yeah. I, I think that should go in the Computer History Museum immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't see any Gruber thing, but he said that apparently that they used um, the previous, like the previous OS releases to do essentially a test on millions of phones. Yeah. So I think it was on the, um, it was on John Gruber's podcast when he was live with a bunch of the Apple execs and they talked about how, um, essentially they tested this OS upgrade. They had to do the upgrade and then roll back. Yes. Yeah, I think it, during an earlier upgrade, just to test that it would work. But even that is super ballsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is a, it was apparently in one of the um, Apple developer conference uh, court, uh, keynotes, the technical one. <laughs> you hear this? Do you yeah. hear this? Motorcycles right uh, now? Yeah, the, the future of podcasting is <laughs> you don't have to worry about motorcycles. I, I, I think I'm. I had some suggestions of, of throwing buckets of walnuts in the road uh, recently. Uh-huh. That would I'm help. Thinking about it, sure. Um, yeah, but they were saying that they it, that it came from that. It might have been on Gruber's thing, is but it was also in the in the technical keynote or whatever. Where the, yeah, they upgraded everybody's phone like twice and just rolled it back every time. And I think that's the kind of stuff that they're going to have to do to get these things out, so that you're not constantly waiting for this stuff or worried that an update's going to brick your phone or whatever. I still have, I still get text messages from my family that is like, I got an alert. The world is ending. Should, what should I do? Should I just light my house on fire and throw my phone in it? <laughs> like, I don't know it, because it is, it, it has been so fraught with problems yeah. of like, yeah. oh, mom, why did you do your, your, your iOS upgrade because now iCloud is signed out yep. and they never know when I to trust it at this point. Right. 
Actually, you know, uh, Apple's a really great example of this because we're off on a tangent here, but um, they were so consistent. Like I would always bring these um, these this documentation to the folks where I work where they're like, you know, show me why we shouldn't upgrade to Android. And I'd be like, look at the saturation of the different OSs, right? So you have a security breach and within two days, 85% of all iPhone users are patched. And within never, the Android ones are patched. <laughs> and they're like, okay, good reason, moving on. And then they had that one problem where people upgraded right away and it bricked their phones. Yeah. And now yes. no one trusts it. So now the numbers yep. are very different uh, as far as adoption rates. It's... Um, but at the same time, it's still better than all the others. But it, it, do you think that that was related to this ballsy testing? <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? If, uh, uh, yeah, that, that would be really event something. Was actually caused by like they didn't have this worked out in that in that update. <sighs> I don't think it was, but wouldn't it suck if it was? Yeah, it probably would. Yeah. But then how do you do this? Like I was when they did the upgrade to the Apple file system to and I didn't have any issues on any of my devices, I'm like, this is some weird miracle. Like I don't know how they did this. They upgraded the entire well, operating system. That that is the future, right? The future should be you never even need to think that there's an operating system. You never need to think mm -hmm. that things have versions. Like it should just be like Hey, uh, you know, you start up your computer and it's like, Hey, today, guess what? You have these new features. Yeah. That would be, that great. would be ideal. That would be, <laughs> I think that's coming at some well, point. You, and, um, you, know, you don't apply updates right away. Do you, you let them pile up and, and then apply them when you review the re release notes and everything. Uh, I used to do that. It, it's just too much of a, uh, too much effort. <laughs> Too much time, too much mental time. So how do you know when things reviewing those? Because you always are the first one to tell me, "Hey, did you see this new feature?" I usually look at the app updates in the app in the app store like once a day, okay, just to see what's what's out there. But here's here's why I stopped doing it because you can hold out if you want, but then that app will just sit there unupdated for weeks. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not that I hold and out. I just like to review them to see what changed and some what you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah, I know. <sighs> yeah, I just am not quite ready to like I when we were in New York actually recently for a vacation. Uh, we didn't have a very good connection, and I didn't want to apply updates specifically because the connection was so bad. I tried to apply an update to Slack, and it just basically hosed it. Like I couldn't use it at all yeah, for two days. Slack was unusable. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's, you know, a lot of our futurism is dependent upon better connectivity globally, like where you're always connected at super high speeds to the Internet, no matter where you go. I think that would be great. I just don't see with our current, you know, not to get political, but our current group in the, you know, in the White House and, and elsewhere, I don't see that stuff being priority, and I don't see it, no. it improving at all. In fact, I see it getting worse. Not in the United States. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> there are other countries where this is true. Yeah, it's, it's this, true now. This, this works, um, and it's, it, they already live in the future. We just happen to live in 1997 exactly. still in the United States when it comes to broadband. Right. And moving back to 1955. So that's good. Working, that's working yeah. out for us. Um, speaking of 
wanting to be drunk. How's your beer? Uh, well, I only poured myself like 20 milliliters. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've been done with that 20 milliliters for a long Mine time. Mine is... It's, it's very bitter, and it has left a long-lasting ring in my mouth. Beautiful. <laughs> bitter ring in my mouth. I'm, um, I've only been sipping on it a little bit here and there. I have about a half a bottle left to go, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a bomber. <laughs> so, um, Oh, wow. That's good. Um, we're actually going for pizza for dinner tonight, so... You know, it's good to it's good to have some pizza and, and, and I beer. I like pizza. I love mm-hmm. I love it. Have you had any good beers lately? I hate to spring that on you, but I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, well, now I have to open Dev and Think and go to my beers. Yeah, let me open Dev and Think. So tastings. I thought while you're looking, I had Citradelic by New Belgium Brewing. Not bad. Uh-huh. Um, it uh-huh. was a C plus. So it was good, but not great. I had something called, this is a weird one. Crimson Pistil Hibiscus IPA by Trogues. I gave that one a B minus uh, with wow. a comment mm. of not terrible. It was a very red I, red IPA. So that's just it with hibiscus anything. I always think like I sh- I should really like hibiscus, and then I never do. Yeah. It's usually too sour. Yeah, this was um, it was pretty good actually. It was kind of a little almost a little too sweet. So maybe they balanced it a little mm. bit too much the other way. Um, I had Headhunter by Fatheads Brewery. This is all over the last couple of weeks. Uh, this was given to me by a coworker. Um, it was an A minus. I really liked it. Headhunter, Fatheads Brewery, um, grapefruit, tropical, tasty, eighty-seven IBU. I had something called Impromptu Dance Party Volume One, uh, which was maybe mm. the most sour beer I've ever had, and I've had some sour beers, but this one was tart, super tart. Barrel aged you know, if, with cranberries, cherries, peaches, and grapefruit. Pretty tasty. Yeah, that that is not that is not that my thing. Definitely that not your thing. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> and I went to Tired Hands yesterday um, and and tasted three of their lighter beers. We brought some home with us. Uh, one called Sans Non, which was um, a weird saison with rhubarb. Um, nope. Do you like breathing? Which was their weird, super hoppy, super hazy. It basically tastes like I was drinking pot. Um, that was an A uh, for obvious <laughs> nice. reasons. And then one called nice. Double Talk, which is a just a spelt IPA. Um, it oh, almost okay. looked like a, like a grapefruit juice. It was so milky. Um, but I gave that one an yeah. A-. minus. So what you got? Well, first I was going to comment, if Apple's ever looking for a new naming scheme for their operating <laughs> systems, they should look to the craft brewers. I agree. Because... Uh, I would love an, an iOS version just called Do You Like Breathing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be fantastic. They name their beers so weird. Uh, well, let's see. Of note, uh, Pulp from a local brewery called Greater Good, uh, which is their claim, their, their self-proposed claim to fame, is that they are an all-imperial uh, brewer. Oh, so they only weird. make Imperials. That's something. And Pulp was very good. Uh, it was a double IPA. I gave it an A-. Um, very juicy. Mm. I enjoyed it a lot. Then I managed to get a pack of the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp. Or, um, yeah, the, the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp series, right? Okay. 
you know, oh, where yeah, they, they do those. multiple. Yeah, I haven't had one of those in a while. They do brew. They do. They brew batches with other brewers, and I had um, the East Meets West IPA, um, which I believe is done with. Let me see here. Is that tree? I think that's Treehouse. Oh, okay. So they brewed it with Treehouse. Uh, it was good. I give it an A minus as well. And I had another one from the same series. Uh, I don't see it in here. It was, I think I had it when I was doing lawn work. It was a Thai iced tea beer. Thai iced tea? Which was not that good. (laughs) I wonder why. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, so those are, those are interesting, but you're never going to get them again, right? They're, they're a one-off. They only come in the series. They won't brew it again. So, uh, I like only, I like to try them even if they sound terrible because it's just interesting. It's like, you know, you take all these great brewers and you, you tell them like, do your wildest thing and see what they come up with. And sometimes it comes with something good. Sometimes not quite yeah. so much. Oh, and I had the new enjoy by the July oh, 4th. Yeah. Yeah. We tried about that, that was, the other day. That was tasty. Yeah. Well, I had to get, get my hands on that. I haven't seen it in a while. Not since that, uh, that it's that okay. Valentine's it's not their day best one. of that series. So, all right, well... Uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't knock yourself out trying to get it. Really? All right, well, I'm going to look yeah. for it anyway, just because I like those guys, and they make good beer. Mm. Well, All I'm right, going to go I will um, see you. Yeah. chill the rest of this double IPA. When we get back from pizza, I might sip on it for the rest of the evening. Okay. All right, man. Have a good I'll one. I'll see you in the future. <laughs> see you in the future. See ya. Bye. Bye.